Hey there, welcome back to the All Things Psychological Podcast. I'm your host, and today is episode three. And, you know, I've been watching this show. For those of you that have also been watching this show, one of the most hyped shows out right now is Euphoria with Zendaya playing the character of Rue, a teenage drug addict, um, going through the trials and tribulations of what that means within the context of school. And there's so much other shit and craziness that goes on in that show that I fucking love. But addiction kind of came up and I thought that was such a fascinating topic to kind of explore today, especially because I myself am, am a child of an addict and I think that the show Euphoria, what they do really well is encapsulate what it means to be a family member of an addict, regardless of age. And for those that haven't watched the show or don't care to watch the show, which is fine, a super quick background is, you know, Rue is 17 at this time, but when she started doing drugs, I think it was it was around 13 or 14 years old, um, kind of reeling from the loss of losing her father to cancer amidst also struggling with anxiety. And I believe she went on anti-anxiety meds and kind of also may have become addicted to that, but don't quote me. Um, and so it really just kind of talks about the trials and tribulations of what it means to not only be finding herself, but also working on or at least trying to work through addiction and also this bigger feeling of wanting to no longer be here and struggling with suicidal thoughts and suicidal ideation. I personally like the show, but I do want to acknowledge some of the controversy around it. One Part of that being, you know, there's a lot of people that argue D.A.R.E., which was, you know, one of the anti-drug, I don't know, companies or organizations when I was a kid that kind of came out or maybe even before I was a kid that kind of came out and talks about, you know, say no to drugs. And they were kind of arguing that euphoria is glorifying drug use, especially within teenagers. And by highlighting this, more kids essentially will be inclinated to use drugs more. It's kind of a gateway to using more drugs, which I highly disagree with. The other aspect, which I think definitely has some legs to stand on, is how this then kind of highlights or impacts how we have conversations more specifically within the Black community of what it means for us to be using drugs at such a young age you know, comorbid with whatever the fuck else we have going on, which I think is a great discussion when we kind of look at the crack epidemic and, you know, X, Y, Z, X, Y, Z. So there's a lot of controversy around this show. I am taking it, you know, from the face value of it's an entertaining show. And also, you know, for people that don't know, my dad is an addict or, you know, a former addict. And I could definitely relate to what Rue's mom and her younger sister, Gia, on the show kind of go through, played by Storm Reid. And so the reason why addiction kind of came up was I have been reflecting on the ways in which Rue really symbolizes a lot of the interactions or nuances or personality traits that even my own dad has or has had, you know, growing up, really recognizing his own struggles when I was more in my teenage years than I, you know, in my formative years, I didn't really recognize it. And something that's interesting is in this last episode, you know, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen it or you're now wanting to fucking watch it, I don't fucking know, but I'm about to spoil it. Um, Spoiler alert is in this last episode, Rue's mom essentially tells her, you know, I'm no longer going to be saving you. You want to kill yourself? You're going to go kill yourself. You know, I have to worry about your younger sister. Did you even realize that your younger sister is failing math? And Rue the character played by Zendaya, of course, says, well, you know, I didn't realize that. And the mom, you know, essentially says, well, of course you haven't. Like, you only care about yourself. And if I have the option to 
only be able to save one daughter, I'm going to save your younger sister because she knows that she's done everything that she possibly could for Rue. And Rue is just self-destructive. She's acknowledged several times. I have been on the path of dying and I want to. Dad said he will be here and I want to be with him. I don't think I'm a good person. And what was interesting was Rue had said that to her sponsor, Ali, um, and at, at a separate you know conversation and her mom was not aware of that conversation. But at a later episode, her mom does say, you know, you are not a good person, Rue, because Rue says hurtful things like, you know, maybe you were a shitty fucking mom. You haven't been around for us, which could definitely be true. Says some hurtful things to Gia. Um, and that is, you know, in the midst of her going through withdrawals from drugs. So because her mom and her girlfriend at the time had thrown away her drugs. So it was this whole thing, an amazing episode, by the way, um, that was two episodes before, but the episode I brought up in which her mom said th that, you know, quote of, I'm not going to really be putting in extra work to save you. I thought stood out because there was controversy around that in regard to was Rue's mom too harsh is what she said fucked up not only to say to just your kid you know especially a kid who's 17 who you know in some aspects we could argue they are a young adult but they're still a kid um and also she just now is recently sober for some odd weeks and you're going to throw this in her face when she's trying to do better i could see that i could see that argument and then on the other hand the other perspective is for people i'm more aligned with people that actually you know have gone through dealing with family members who have struggled with addiction is at what point do we throw up our hands and say, I've done everything I can do for you. I've been over backwards. I've been your rock. I've been empathetic. I've been understanding. I've done everything I can. And yet nothing is working for you to stop using, for you to realize how you're not only affecting yourself, but your family, i.e. me or, you know, in Rue's case, her sister and her mother, and you say such hurtful shit and you're allowed to come back from that, but I'm still left with the emotional ramifications of it and the hurt that you've kind of bestowed on to me. So is that then fair to me? I'm supposed to just be all absorbing of your pain and your hurt because I'm the one that's supposed to be supportive. That's also not fair to me. And so I think that, you know, that episode brought up some really interesting discussion and I'm curious other people's thoughts. But my perspective, not only being at the age I'm at working in the field I work in um, clinically, like working in mental health and working with adults who, you know, are struggling with their own addiction and also, you know, adding in not only my dad being struggling with addiction, but also having family members that have passed away from addiction, struggle with addiction, X, Y, Z, X, Y, Z. My perspective and I'm going to keep bringing it back to Euphoria in that episode because I thought it was such a great perspective, was I don't think Rue's mom was in the wrong. And I ha kind of have two feelings about this because on one hand, I feel like I've been in that position where you get that call, hey, I relapsed again, I drank again, and it's very fucking frustrating. And you kind of can't say anything because they're at such a vulnerable state. So then for me, I go into... Well, you know, thank you for letting me know. I'm glad you feel safe, like letting me know. I hope you get sober. It's not worth it. Like, I'm here for you. And you're really trying not to move from a place of shaming them. Because, you know, for me, I could argue, I don't really have struggles with addiction. I like to drink, you know, I use other substances from time to time. 
but I can possibly, you know, say I don't have necessarily an addictive personality. And yet, moving from an empathetic place, I can also see how hard it would be if I did have an addiction of how hard it is to let that go. We know scientifically this is a lifelong disease. Every day has to be a choice to stay sober. It is not, oh, I'm going to stay sober for the year and that's it. It is an every minute, every moment, every day, every hour choice. It's fucking hard. And I think that that's important to acknowledge. It is not easy to overcome addiction. And with that in mind, I think that that then leads to having, you know, a, a bigger capacity to have empathy for a person that's struggling with it. And so that was my initial thought, especially with my dad when he would relapse is, you know, let me move from that place of empathy. And then when it continued to happen throughout my teenage years, and it wasn't, you know, necessarily back to back, but you keep getting these calls or you keep finding out and it's like you do a year being sober and then you relapse, what the fuck happened? You start to get bitter, resentful and angry. And I think that that's not talked about enough in terms of what does the family go through having to kind of put up with their shit if we're being honest. I can have all the empathy in the world and still feel fucking frustrated. And so I really liked Rue's mom's perspective kind of on the matter of saying enough is enough. Now, you know, I guess there is space to say, should she have said it in the way she did? Maybe not. Maybe she could have said it you know, in a different way, but maybe she couldn't have. Maybe she has tried to say it in a different way. And Rue was like, yo, I don't really give a fuck. Like you're fucking annoying and I don't fucking care and go fuck yourself, which Rue has said, you know, in this episode. So I think, of course, for TV, we should also acknowledge a lot of, you know, the conversations are obviously dramatized um, to kind of create these bigger um, moments of tension and coming together, of course, as we know. But there is truth in saying at what point do I no longer fight this battle for you? For me, not only be not only being given tough love growing up as a kid, just in general from my own background and my parents' parenting styles, I do believe in the tough loveness of working not only with addicts, but of my dad being an addict and saying, at some point, I'm no longer going to fight this fight for you. I cannot make you stay sober. And if you are going to self-destruct, knowing the consequences of that, then okay. Then maybe at some point you will learn or you will find your own reasons and motivations for wanting to stay sober. You know, for my dad, is it, you know, wanting to stay sober for your kids? I don't know. Is it for yourself? I'm a firm believer personally, and this is not a scientific fact. This is my own personal belief. So take it with a grain of salt. But my personal belief is, you know, if you are struggling with addiction and you're wanting to stay sober, you first have to stay sober for yourself. You can't stay sober for me because I may disappoint you. And that then may lead you to using again in whatever context that is. You have to stay sober for yourself. And then you can then work to say, these are my motivations for continuing to stay sober. And um, so I just find that euphoria is such a beautiful show in that way of highlighting the ups and downs. I'm not going to save you. And this is the hard conversation. And this is what the family goes through. And it's fucked up what you're putting us through. And I want to be there for you. But I also have fucking boundaries. And I think that's the bigger conversation of can we be empathetic and also hold these boundaries? And in what context does that look like? Because, you know, just to cite the whole Rue and her mom conversation one last time is to say people even found that too harsh. But other people like myself were kind of thinking, eh, is it really too harsh? Has she done all she can do? Is she at her wit's end? Has anyone checked in on her? No one's saying that Rue's mom is a perfect mom. 
And maybe she has been neglectful and not emotionally available and hasn't checked in with Rue or Gia. And now she is trying to. And in a lot of capacities, Rue does have every reason to be upset with her mom. No one's arguing that truth being true. But we can also argue at the same time, at what point does, I think Rue's mom uh, name is Leslie. Like that's the character's name in the show. At what point does Leslie get you know, a leg to stand on to say, and what do I, you know, and do people recognize my own pain being a parent of dealing with a child that is an addict? And this is hard. And so I just really resonate with that. And I know, you know, for instance, with my brothers and I, we've had plenty of conversations of how we navigate kind of walking on eggshells at times with my dad in regard to his own addiction. All right, well, We know that he's been through trauma, as we all have in life, right? If you're human, you've been through trauma. We know that he has had his own shit, you know, with his parents or XYZ, his own siblings. We know, we know, we know. And so now we kind of walk on eggshells and try to, you know, essentially not piss him off at times. That sometimes, you know, the context then then becomes, how do we not piss dad off today? Um, Because if we piss him off, I'm going to get pissed off that he's being childish or kind of going into his old ways. And I don't fucking want to deal with it. But I also don't want to ruin this relationship. And so I think the broader context of all of this really kind of highlights and kind of what I'm starting to lean into towards the end of this conversation is the complexity and nuances that come with familial dynamics when you have a person that is an addict um, or has an addiction. Also, Something that we kind of talk about as well within the realm of psychology or the realm of therapy is oftentimes, and I'm kind of going to start going into family therapy or family theory in a general term, um, is that oftentimes when a patient comes in within the family context, they are what we consider the identified patient, meaning, you know, this is kind of the crux of our our problem, our issues. This person is having an issue and we as a family want to work around and try to figure out how to support this person. And what we kind of end up realizing in family therapy is, okay, so we have this identified patient, but really everybody else got a lot of shit going on that's contributing to the issues of the identified patient and or are projecting their own issues onto the identified patient. So really, for instance, the IP is no longer the son, but, it you know, maybe the mom really has some stuff that she's projecting onto the son and escape goading from her own shit. Um, and I know that may sound confusing, but I, I bring that up to say, from my perspective, knowing what I know, the little bit I know about psychology, I could then maybe argue, you know, my dad in the familial context is the identified patient, mean if, meaning if we were to come into family therapy, it would be my brothers and I kind of have this issue. We feel like we are unable to communicate with our dad in an effective way into our adulthood. We feel like we're often continue to be treated as children and not as adults. And that is why we have the strain in relationship XYZ, XYZ. And as we kind of delve into that shit, we realize our own shit that is also contributing to that dynamic with him and our relation with the other siblings. I bring all of that up to say it's important to not only acknowledge going back to Rue for an example, she would essentially be the identified patient. It's important to acknowledge that Rue is not the only one that has her own shit to deal with, acknowledge, and hold accountable. I think her mom needs to hold a lot of shit accountable. Um, Gia, we don't know too much, but, you know, maybe there's some stuff there. That's her younger sister in the show. Um, And then, you know, her sponsor is there to be a supportive person. And yet he has his own shit that he may or may not be projecting on Taru. 
And I think when we kind of look at these situations, when we think about addiction and the essentially the person that is an addict or has an addiction as the identified patient, when we look at it and kind of take a more bird's eye view, ominescent, objective view, we can then see, yeah, maybe they are responsible and need to be held accountable for a lot of shit they've done or said or their actions or the way that they are self-destructive and destructive towards others. But maybe there's some stuff within ourselves we also need to be rectifying and acknowledging too. And I think when we then go back to the original point at the beginning of this podcast of the controversies and people feeling like maybe her mom was too harsh or maybe she wasn't harsh enough, I don't know if there's a right answer. I think that when you're dealing with a person that is an addict or has an addiction, it is hard to know what the right thing is to say at the right time. Of course, we want to be those people that are, I'm here for you no matter what, you can lean on me. But at what point is enough enough? And someone's enough looks different to someone else's enough. My enough may not be your enough and vice versa. And I'm fucking done with this may mean for you hey, let's relook at this situation. We all have different ways of kind of engaging with others, no matter how much we love them. So I don't think that Rue's mom, Leslie, is at fault in this situation per se. But again, I'm coming from the perspective of having had or having currently, you know, my parent being an addict. I just, it was kind of something that was on my mind, kind of talking about addiction, being the child of an addict. When I had watched this recent episode and something else that, I felt important as well was oftentimes when we are finally able to acknowledge we've gone through a trauma or traumas, you know, and traumas look different in terms of intensity, severity, longevity, XYZ, XYZ, which we can go to in another, go into into another episode. Um, Something that comes up is I find within my own relationship with my father, again, that's my only experience that I can kind of connect with directly is I find that when I'm trying to connect with him and say, let's kind of rehash what's gone on in childhood and why it is hard for me to open up to you, then the conversation often then steers to, well, you know, I had this going on in my life and this is why my life was hard and this is why I started using and all I can do is say sorry and move on. Okay, well, that's cool. Thank you. Um, But like that still (laughs) is not really acknowledging the ways in which you've hurt me. I'm sitting here saying, let's rehash this. I'm sitting here saying, yeah, dad, what you've gone through really sucks. And I'm sorry you went through that. And it makes sense why you started using or why it's hard to stay sober now or why you've done amazing staying sober now. And I don't necessarily blame you for not being there in my childhood, but also you really hurt me. And it is hard for me now as an adult to feel connected to you at times or to feel like I can trust you or to feel like I can lean on you when you weren't there during not only my adolescent years, but during most of my teenage years. You know, you were there in some context, but you weren't emotionally available. So you can't then now expect me to be this person that's able to kind of open up. And um, that often makes him really upset. And we kind of go back to, you know, square one. And all right, well, and then what ends up happening is when we go back to square one, I then have to be the bigger person, which pisses me off of, all right, let me not bring it up anymore because it pisses dad off. And in pissing dad off, he's going to be petty. And in him being petty, he's going to say some OP ass shit. 
And in him saying some OP ass shit, I might say some OP ass shit. So you know what? Fuck it. I'm not even going to go down this road. I don't even really want to fucking argue. What the fuck ever? My shit doesn't matter. You're right. Glad you're sober, dad. You know, let's kumbaya. I think that that, I think when I go back to for one last time, when I go back to that euphoria episode, that is exactly probably what Leslie was feeling, Rue's mom. Like, fuck. All right, you win. I'm not going to save you. You're on your own figure it the fuck out. I've done all I can do. I'm throwing up my hands. I'm throwing them in the towel. You win. This is what you wanted to hear, right? You win. You're right. Cool. There's a lot of hurt behind that when we kind of lean into that, our own hurt and our own pain to say, you know what? You win. Cool. I'm not going to acknowledge my own shit because it's still not enough for you. Me telling you that you've hurt me and this is too much, you still don't care. So you know what? Yeah, cool. You're either on your own, or we're just going to kumbaya and act like it didn't happen. And I think that that's a very real experience for friends or family members who have someone in their life that is an addict. And so I honestly kind of feel a weight off of my shoulders, kind of talking about this a little bit and opening up a little bit more about shit that goes on in my personal life. Having a dad that, you know, is an alcoholic, And amongst other things, has done other stuff in his life, but, you know, primarily struggles with alcoholism. What I've noticed kind of the last piece I just want to kind of offer perspective on is what I've noticed in my adulthood that I currently am not only working on in therapy, but am continuing to work on within my own self-work is working on being able to feel vulnerable enough to be emotionally available to not only people that have hurt me, not even just my dad, but, you know, my own mom, my siblings, as we hurt each other, of course, um, friends, X, Y, Z, X, Y, Z, being open emotionally to people that have hurt me and people that haven't, trusting that not everyone will hurt me. And I think that in my childhood, having had certain experiences that I had, not having parents who were emotionally available for me for whatever context, one struggling with alcoholism and addiction, the other parent being the primary uh, provider for five kids and figuring it out and putting their kind of nose to the ground. Um, In doing so, they were working so much, they just couldn't be available emotionally for us. They were fucking tired, rightfully so. And so all of that to say, having to learn to be independent at such a young age, not only led to my own stuntedness with emotional availability and regulation, but also this need to be hyper-independent, which I think could be an interesting context within the realm of you know, my own intersectional identities and how hard it is to let that go. Because hyper-independence, I think, is a scaredness or a fear or, yeah, it's a fear to let go. Because if I let go, can I trust in whatever or whoever to really be able to support me and be there for me and show up? And the reason why I'm hyper-independent is because I've learned from my past experiences that I cannot trust people. The reason why I have an emotional wall up and it is hard for me to be emotionally available with people in my life is because I have been shown that I can't trust people emotionally when I am vulnerable or when I do lean into that emotion, whether it is sadness, anger, fear, whatever, I've either been diminished, I've been shut down, I've been told to suck it up and stop crying or I'll give you something to cry about. And in the rare instances, maybe I was comforted, but then immediately, okay, now get over it. You're a big girl, put on your big girl panties, 
you're good. And that really teaches you that you have to find a way to kind of hide your emotions and leaning into that vulnerability of emotions, whatever that range is, is not safe. And um, I think that that's just a greater conversation for another day. But yeah, I think dealing with someone who is an addict or has an addiction is so fucking hard. And I just, I truly think that families of people with addictions do not get enough credit um, or are not really offered a seat at the table to have a conversation. Is it wrong maybe sometimes to really say all the things we think and how fucked up their addiction has fucked up our life? Yes. But when do we get that space to do so? If we're saying we need to provide people with addictions the space to really kind of feel all their feeling and explore that, which I fully support, we also need to consider the other part of the conversation of what is going on within these familial dynamics and interactions and patterns that may be contributing to why it is hard for them to sustain interpersonal relationships. Because we know often what happens in families is then often mirrored in interpersonal relationships with friends, with coworkers, and in their immediate environment. And so I'm going to end the podcast here. I'm going to end the episode here today. I hope that you found this discussion insightful. If you're curious to know more or if you have a different perspective, I love hearing other perspectives and I love being corrected. So I hope that that is some some solace to this conversation around addiction and either being a child yourself of a parent who has an addiction or is an addict or, you know, knowing someone in your life who struggles with these issues. And I am sending, you know, support to people struggling with their own addictive issues um, and working to navigate it. This is not to say that addicts are the ones that are 100% in the wrong because I highly disagree. I think, again, my main point is we kind of need to be able to offer space to all sides and perspectives. And so know that you do have people in your corner know that there are resources available and know that, you know, it's a moment by moment, you know, battle that you are fighting. And that does not mean that it is over if you go through trials and tribulations in that. And so with that, we are at the end of the podcast and I will see you guys next episode.